Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Uh, but I'd like you this morning, if you would, to uh, just give a great welcome, a Harvest Church welcome to Pastor Glenn Berto from the house in Modesto. God bless you. Thank you, church. Thank you, my friend. Look what you built here. Look at all these people here. Hey, church, is this one of the greatest churches in California? Yeah, yeah. You can be seated unless you want to stand the whole time. You can do that. I love your pastors that are here. We've been friends with their family a lot of years. And you're right, for 20 years I begged him, would you let me speak to your church? And he said no. I had to die before I could come here. <laughs> that was the only thing that really moved him, I think. And, and so, <laughs> but I've, I've, of course, we talk about our churches, so I've heard about you for years and years and years. And, and, uh, and yeah, Pastor Perry is one of the first people I met when we got out here. And we hit along. We're, you know, we're different, though. I mean, how many of you know difference attract a little bit? My wife and I are different. You know, I, how many, how many, I, I know it's going to be hard for you men to even admit this, but how many of you, your wives are a little late uh, sometimes? <laughs> Some of you are scared to death to even say that. You're so scared to death. <laughs> I mean, we have to have two cars. Let me just say it that way. Because I'm getting there on time, and Debbie's going to come whenever she gets ready and just walks in. And, uh, but she's like Jesus. She is. My wife's like Jesus. Um, I don't know the day or the hour that she's coming, but she's coming soon. <laughs> she's just like, she's coming soon. <laughs> she's not here today, so I can say this stuff. Okay. <laughs> she's, <laughs> oh Lord, how is my mind even working out after everything I went through? It is a miracle with me even putting a sentence together, a paramedic that worked on me, met me the other day, and he's looking at me sideways, and he goes, how are you talking? How are you making any sense? How are you putting a sentence together? And uh, things I've gone through, you're only going to hear one story, but just to let you know, I've had pulmonary embolism. I've had the, I've had the widowmaker. I've got four stents in my heart. Um, I've had uh, bladder surgery, valley fever, pneumonia, uh, stent was put in sideways, bladder. I got all, all kinds of stuff that happened. Uh, COVID. Everybody, anybody have, uh, had COVID? <laughs> only thing I hadn't had is leprosy. Leprosy is the only thing. And, and just pray I don't get that because that's about the only thing left. So pretty much anything that you have going on, I can understand, I can relate to. And I tell you what, when you're sick over a prolonged and people in this church, I know you are, it's very frustrating to be ill for a period of time and wonder, are you ever going to come out of it? And still, it's been over two years, and I'm still feeling the effects, how hard this thing hit me and how strong it was. And, uh, but today, I believe it's going to build your faith. And, uh, you know, I, I was raised like some of us older people that are here. We were raised with the Oral Roberts days. You know, we saw Oral Roberts. We saw healings and things like that. But the younger generation has not seen the miracles. Really, you don't see it. You see, you see some good preachers. You see people that, that can uh, really, really uh, move you and so forth, things like that, but not, 
not what we read in this book, uh, the miracles in this book. Do you realize it, it, everything we read is a miracle in this book? Why are we not seeing it then? Why, why we just want to hear things and things? You know, the, the, people think the truth sets you free. Truth doesn't set you free. The Bible says you shall know. So what you don't know in this Bible, you can't be free from. You got that? So, so if you don't know what's in here, you can't be free from what's in here. Because you can't just lay it on your chest and suck out the sickness or demon. You know, it just won't do that. You're going to have to speak it out of your word. See, when the Bible says in Revelation, it says, out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. Remember in Revelation it says that. What a two-edged sword means is a twice-spoken word. So which means this is a once-spoken word, and when I say it, it's twice-spoken. And so you got to realize that you have to speak what's in this book. you got to say it. Tell the devil. Let him hear. Let him hear. Don't hear you. Hey, God doesn't inhabit your complaining. Oh, Lord, you know, you, you just don't even care. Uh, you know, yeah, you know and, and like we're trying to push him enough to do something. He doesn't inhabit your complaining. He inhabits your praise, right? And it's tough, when, it's tough to praise God and it's tough to have hope uh, when, you're, when you're so beaten up and when you're so down. I relate to that. I understand that. And uh, today I, I, I'm just praying that I'm going to help. I'm going to pray for you. I have seen some major miracles since this has happened in me. Uh, you say, well, you know, have you always prayed for miracles? Yeah, I've always prayed for miracles. But after what happened to me, there's no doubt that God wants to do miracles. And I believe in his last days. I believe that's what he really wants to do. He wants to bring back the supernatural. Because when you look at Jesus, they basically went and followed Jesus in these cities because he could do miracles. And you know what? When you have miracles going on, that's when the lost people come. That's when people out there that have no hope and doctors have given up on them, that's when they show up. And that's what Jesus would tr attract. He would get these people and he'd have these healing services. And we don't see that much anymore. And we don't have that. But we are today, okay? So we are gonna, we're going to see God. How many want to see God move today? I, I want to see God move today. All right, let me do this. Let me give you five little points here that God, there, there, there's, I got about a thousand different points, but I got, here's five of them. I'm going to go real quick. They, they may not be attached, but things that God, since the cardiac arrest that I had, uh, did here. Let me, let me show you five things that I want you to get. Five points, five important things that I think that are great here. Go ahead and put those up. Put the first one up here. God's the only one who can take something bad, make it worse, and call it a promotion. Let <laughs> I me mean, get that. Then it seems like things in your life go bad, and then it gets worse, and then all of a sudden, wow, now I see why God did that. Now I have an understanding of why God did, God did that. But things happen in your life like that. It does go bad, then it gets worse. It happened with, it happened with Abraham, and with Jacob. You go through David, go through Jesus, go through Peter, go all, Something bad gets with Job, gets worse, and then all of a sudden he promotes you and does this, okay? Success, go ahead. Success in life, I've learned too, is not measured by what you've done, but what you've left undone. Uh, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've, I've, I've seen a lot, been a lot of big meetings, built a lot of churches and so forth, things like that. So I'm not looking at right now, God's given me another opportunity to keep doing something. When people say to me, oh, Glenn, you know, God's not through with you. That's, what that's the normal thing you say if, if you come back from death. God's not through with you. God's not through with you. Well, was he through with Bobby? Was he through with Billy? Was he through, you know, other people we know that's passed away. And so, so I, I realized that if he's given me another opportunity here to come back, 
that it's not what I've done. Apparently, he's got, he's got a job for me to do. He's got a job for you to do. Do you realize you're breathing because God says take a breath? devil doesn't have control over that. If the devil was in control, he'd kill all of us because we're all a witness for, for God. You know what I'm saying? He wouldn't want any of us alive. You are taking a breath because God says you're alive, and the devil, he's rebuking the devil right now because the devil would love to kill all of us. He doesn't want us to worship God. He doesn't want that at all. But God has done that, and God has done it for your life. So you know what? You've you got to realize, what do you have to do from now on? You're not to sit soaking sour. You know, because sitting Christians hatch hypocrites. So you don't want to just sit in church. You can pray at least. I can't do a lot of things. Maybe physically I can't. But I can pray for the pastor. I can pray for the church. I can pray for growth. I can pray for those that are active and those that are younger. That's why the seniors need the younger people and the younger people need the seniors. The older people, we know we have wisdom, but we don't have the energy to do some of the things we need to do. You have the energy, but we know kind of what to do, but we can't do it. So that's why you have that together. And so that's why we need all ages in the church. It's an Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob church. It's dad, it's grandpa, dad, and a son. It's all generations. This is an all generations church, right? Amen? All right, good. How about this here? I learned this too, is that, uh, and this was in Lazarus here. Uh, we need a second opinion. Thank you, doctor. Love you. Appreciate what you do. Thank you for the medical people. I've got them in my church too. Thank you for what you do. But I got a book that gives me a second opinion on everything. I got a book that says, by his stripes I'm healed. I got a book that says that no matter what happens to me, I have a God that can pick me back up out of anything that I walk in. How many have that same God that I'm talking about right now? That God that I have, I'm just telling you. Thank you, doctors. You're not going to live. You're not going to live. But God says there's a second opinion that I have. Talk to me. Talk to me. So realize where you're at right now, wherever you're at in your life, understand this word here has a different opinion of what the world's understanding is, and that's why you need to know the Word of God. Amen? All right, good. i got to keep going because i got a whole story to tell you. Go to the next one here. This was something I saw in Lazarus' uh, story here. It said, we have you. And the reason Lazarus, I can tie in everything that happened to me to a Lazarus story. It, it is a resurrection of what took place. It's not just, oh, he was sick, he came back. Doctors can't explain it. Medical people can't explain it. Matter of fact, it's $2 million in the hospital of what it costs that they hooked me up to so many things and had so many operations. And uh, it says, so Jesus, this is now Lazarus has died. He says, where have you put him? Uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't talk about the day. He said, if you would have come, he would be alive. If you would not have waited two more days. Uh, how many of you know that God doesn't go on our timing at all? Have you, have you realized God doesn't go on our timing here? You know, Jesus could have come and could have healed him, but he said, he's my good friend. I'm going to give him a better testimony. <laughs> so he said, you know, resurrection will trump a healing any day, you know. So let me resurrect my friend to give him a good testimony. But he's saying, where have you put it? See, somebody here has lost hope. You've lost some, and, and, and God wants to ask you, where did you quit? Where did you give up? Where did you stop believing? Where do you start questioning God? Why are you thinking about leaving a church? Why some of you are home and you, and you should be at church here, but you're still sitting at home, you should be at church. If you're not healthy enough, we understand that. But if you are healthy enough, why don't you get in church? You need to be at church. You, you, listen, here's the reason. Because you can't fight with some things you're going to have to fight in life. You're going to need other people in your life. Jesus said, I need Peter, James, and John. You guys come help me. Even Jesus said, I need some other people around me. And when you're dead, you can't pray for yourself. 
And some of us, when you go through things, I need other people around me. I can't just do this by myself. I need some other people around me. Where did you die? Where did you quit? Where did you give up on your family? Where did you give up on your mother? Show me, Jesus said, show me where you gave up. Because that's where I want to go. I want to go to that spot. Let's resurrect that thing. Let's bring it back. Some of you get your hope back. Get your life back. Don't, don't, live in your, don't let your past dictate your future. Let me say it over on this side. Don't let your past dictate your future. Quit looking at what you, what you did in your past, what happened in your past. That's over with. There's a new day. You have today to live, and you know what? We got our future to live. Everything can be bright. It's another day. That's why the sun goes down. Say, let's start over. Amen? Amen. Okay, let me give you this. Go ahead. <clears throat> you, you see, it works if you do that. You know that. You could be resurrected and still be in your grave clothes. You may be alive right now, but I've seen some of the deadest churches I've been to in different places, and I just want to shovel dirt on them. I thought they were dead. I just, you know... <laughs> So you got you to realize that, you know what, you may be saved and still wearing the old sin clothes and still have areas in your life that you have to break, okay? So these are just a few things. Okay, let me tell you what happened. Everybody ready? Lord, bless this time. I prayed, God, as I prayed before service, and I prayed yesterday about healing and seeing lives change. I thank you, doctors, for what you do. But, Lord, there is a second opinion, somebody of higher power, and that can heal anything and touch anybody. And I pray for my friends here. I thank you for a pastor. I thank you for Pastor Barb that are here. Over 20 years here. What an incredible, incredible, uh, just a ministry that was built. And to have somebody with integrity that teaches the word to these people every week. Thank you for such a great pastor that this church has had for this long and I pray for them, and I pray for each and every one here. And I thank you, Lord, for what you did in me and the opportunity to share it with my friends in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen? amen. Good. <clears throat> On uh, November, November 24, <clears throat> 2019, our church in Modesto, I'm preaching. And um, everything's fine. I'm, I'm preaching. Uh, I'm... I'm uh, you know, we, we were in a generosity. Kind of, I think it was like we were in a generosity series or something like that where we're talking about different things. And I was talking about seed time and harvest and different things like that. And, and, and the intro song that they happened to put on was this song, Money, Money, Money. Yeah, anybody heard that song, Money? Huh? What do y'all listen to? Y'all don't listen to Christian music? What? <laughs> so I know the song too. I know. Money, 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 money. Okay. I don't want to do that. Some of you get up and dance, but uh, I did dance. So you got to understand, say, say, when I hear music too, see, I'm from South Louisiana. I'm from, I'm from New Orleans area. I was born in New Orleans. So jazz music. We grow up dancing. Down there, white people can dance. <laughs> Thank God we have some people here have some rhythm, my friends that are here, because we have a multicultural church too. But you white people can't even clap on time. Y'all can't, can't sing right. You're just not raised in the right place. We learn how to boogie down there. You know what I'm saying? We boogie down. So, so the reason I'm telling you that is because they started playing the song, and I didn't want to, you know, you don't want to, I'm, I'm pastoring, and people are there. So I don't want to break out, you know, and, and really show off. <laughs> I entertain myself sometimes. I just kind of like, 
I, ha I still have brain damage. You can tell there's still brain damage there. And so, so what, what I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to show you, uh, I'm going to show you what happened uh, on the Sunday. So I'm preaching on Sunday, just like a Sunday like this. And I do a message, and I'm doing money, money, money. And, I, and I, I left on it a few just to show what I look like is what I'm showing you. Because the next day I'm dead. When we tell you you're not guaranteed another day, I can testify to that. You, you may not see tomorrow. You pick up the paper today and you look at the paper and you look at all the people that died and had bombs blew up or somebody got shot last night or whatever. They didn't think that was going to be their last day. They didn't think that was going to be over. And so when we preachers say that to you, we really mean that. You only have today. We don't know what's going to happen. There could be a drunk driver that's been drinking all night long when you leave the parking lot and just, you know, you don't, we don't know. So I'm just, I'm telling you today, you, if you're not right with God and you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven, the Bible says you can know you're going to heaven. Don't say a maybe. You need to make sure that you are right with God and quit playing around. Everybody said amen to that, huh? So there I am. This is 11-24-2019. This is me preaching Sunday, like a Sunday, at my church in Modesto, and this is what it looked like. Here's a video. And to set this up, you have to have a theme song. And so let me just play our theme song here that we have. All right, some people don't. just want the show. I can show I could do that too. Here's a little robot, little robot. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So God purchased you by now his preaching. blood using a currency and bought you back and said, now I lost you, Glenn, and I bought you now back, so now you're mine. Oh, God, here's my money. Oh, God, here's my, here's my watch. Oh, God, here's everything that I have. Here's all I have. You know what? That's still not enough. I still love. All of it belongs to him anyway, so am I really giving him anything? The only thing that's precious that he wants is not your junk. He wants you. Okay, so that's on Sunday. Just, uh, just showing you a little bit that I, I look pretty alive, you know. I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Go home, and I was, uh, I was tired. Uh, I was a little tired. We came on Monday. So Monday, my wife has a prayer meeting. She usually, back before COVID, we'd have 1,000 people at a prayer meeting. And so we have a prayer meeting that's there. And sometimes, very few times, if I'm really tired from Sunday or whatever like that, I'll just sit home on Monday, and I won't go to, I won't go to the prayer meeting. I'll just rest. And uh, that time, well, I know why I was tired. Now, I didn't know at the time, but I was, I was really tired. I said, Debbie, let me stay home and rest. And the only thing that caused me to go was she was having a birthday party by her prayer team, and she wanted me to go to her birthday party of the prayer team. And else, if I hadn't gone, she would have come back two hours later and found me dead in a chair. I'd have been dead sitting in a chair. I'd have been gone. I'd have been gone. I'd have been dead for two hours by the time she got home. So she goes, come on, go with me. Well, it's about 30 minutes from where I live to our church in Modesto there. And so easily I could have had a, a cardiac arrest as I was driving and wrecked the whole car. Easily could have happened then. We parked the car behind the church, uh, and, and, and her birthday party was going to be on the other side of the church on, and where you have to drive around to it. It's on the other side of the building where it's another parking lot over there. We're parked behind, uh, you know, in the pastor's lounge by the sanctuary in the back of the church. 
I walk out of the thing. She, she's about a minute behind me. I walked out. I sat in a car. And when I sat in the car, I died. Um, different for those of you that don't understand, the heart attack is you feel the pain. I've had that too. You feel the pain. You feel the, all this. You're uncomfortable. Cardiac arrest is instant. It's a, anybody in the medical field here? Who's in the medical field? Yeah. Uh, any paramedics here? Got a paramedic? You're a paramedic? You were here last time, huh? No, no, no. There was you. Okay. You're a paramedic. Okay. And so you, you've, you've done CPR and helped a lot of people, huh? How long would you do CPR usually? Five, ten minutes maybe? Uh, we, we pronounce usually like 20 minutes. You go 20? But you, you're putting a machine on them then, huh? Yeah, okay. So I, I, I explained what he's saying over there. The, the other paramedic was 10 minutes, and usually they'll go, and if not, we can't get anything or whatever. So, so what happened is, is I sat in the car. I don't remember anything, and I, my head is back on a seat. I'm, I, how I walked to the car and I sat in the seat, I, I can't explain. I don't remember any of the day. Don't remember the day. My head is back like this. I'm not breathing. Debbie gets in the car and says, come on, we got to go over to the birthday party. Get on, come on, let's go. We got to go. Well, I'm gone. She shakes me a little bit, and she hears me go, and then she gets out of the car, comes to the other side. She starts shaking me, and she says she's going to call 911. She's threatening me, thinking that's going to work to bring me back to life, but it didn't. Okay. <laughs> So she's shaking me. She said, Glenn, wake up. Glenn, wake up. Now, one of the miracles, so many miracles of, of other, other than my, my physical issue, we have a lady named Penny. I didn't know Penny. Penny's in our prayer. She's in our prayer group. Penny's from Canada. She's a nurse practitioner. She's one of the top in the country. She's put in her resumes all the way to Dubai, all over the world. She's that good. God sends her to Modesto out of all places, the land of whatever it is in there. Uh, I, don't, I don't even have a name for it. I don't know what it is. So, so brings her to Modesto. And, and out of all things, she is, I, we didn't know it at the time, didn't know it. She's a 25-year cardiac arrest nurse. Okay? She, she comes early for the first time because it was Debbie's birthday. She parks on the wrong side, which she should have been over there, but she parks really on the side where my car is because we hadn't left yet. She's two places down from me. She gets out, starts walking in to the church. She hears Debbie say, Glenn, wake up. Glenn, wake up. And she said, the Lord told me, go over and help pastor. You can help him. She goes, I came over to you, and I put my fingers on your neck. You have no pulse. I opened your eyes. Your eyes are dilated. You're dead. I knew exactly what happened to you. I pulled you out of the car, which, which is crazy. I'm dead weight pulling out of the car. Penny's not that big. We just did a 700 Club, just came and did a whole reenactment of this because they couldn't believe what happened. So they got all the doctor reports and things like that. And so 700 Club's going to be coming out soon. I don't know when. But she tried to pick me up on the reenactment, and she couldn't lift me up out of the car. I don't know how I lifted you out of the car. And, but she lifts me out, puts me on the concrete, and starts CPR. And as he'll tell you, they have to break your bones. They have to break your chest bone to go and do it. So she breaks my, breaks my chest. I don't know this has happened. Of course, I'm dead. And so she's, she's pushing like this. She's, she's doing this. And then she says this. And I don't know. You tell me if this has ever happened to you uh, when you've worked on somebody. Is that she said after five minutes, she said, the Lord says, take your hands off of him. She goes, I just take my hands off of you. You opened your eyes, threw your hands up, and you said, oh, God, and you fell back dead again. Have you ever seen that? That's what I thought. <laughs> You've seen a lot, but not that. 
and there'll be several things like yeah, and she said the same thing twenty five years. She goes, I, I said, Well, Penny, have you ever seen that? She goes, No, you're dead. How, how are you opening your eyes and throwing your hands? I said, Then what do you think what do you think happened? She goes, I, the Lord told me your spirit went back in your body. And that to don't stop, your spirit went back in. And that, that, was a, that was for me to continue. And even when the paramedics came to continue, she went 10 minutes on me and worked 10 minutes on me. And uh, I, I came back maybe two times with a pulse. I was already dead with a pulse and went back and died again. Paramedics come, captain's there. They have to go about 30 to 35 minutes. So we're over 45 minutes now. I'm not getting the oxygen properly in a sense. So there's brain damage that's happening because I've been without oxygen. And then I died seven times. I was, I was, well, I came back with a pulse seven times and went back and died seven times as I was on the ground. They, uh, the captain at least two or three times during their 30 minutes says, let's let it go. Uh, let's leave him alone. He, you know, he's gone. We're sorry. And Penny, because of what happened and her seeing that supernatural thing that I did, she says, no, you can't stop. And, she, I, and I just heard just the other day when she did a 700 Club interview, she goes, I didn't tell you one thing that you did. said, when the paramedics were there, they're trying to get oxygen on you, and your arms are failing like this, trying to, knock, trying to breathe on your own. And I said, uh, have you seen that? You're dead. You have no pulse. How are you even moving? You have no pulse, and you're trying to knock this off. So I, I can't explain it. Nobody, none of the people I've talked to, doctors can explain this or what happened. So finally they get me. They said, we feel we've got a pulse here. Let's get him to the emergency room, which is really right across the street. Like a church, it would be right across the street is, is, a, is a moral hospital. They get me into the emergency room there, and I died the eighth time in the emergency room. Ironically, the number eight in the Bible means resurrection. It means new birth. It means new beginning. That's a good number, maybe. And uh, so uh, I get into the hospital, and nobody does anything. As, uh, as in the medical field, they, they, gonna get it. They, they have a list of people they work on first. They feel like they can save their life. There's some people that are so far gone. You know, it's just too much trouble. We're not going to be able to save them. That's where I was. They didn't hook me up to anything. I know because a nurse uh, came back there and saw me and wanted to see how I was doing, thought I would be hooked up to everything. I had nothing hooked up on me. I was just laying in a bed. Now, how I stayed alive when I died the eighth time there and breathed, that only is, that's uncertain. How I'm even talking to you because I had no oxygen on me, had nothing on me at all. And because they were working on seven or eight other people, they felt they could save their life. Too much trouble to hook me up to all, these, all, the, all the medicines and, and things like this. And when they finally hooked me up, this is interesting, there's a Sikh. You know who a Sikh is? Sikh from India, their religion. They wear the turbans, a Sikh. There's a Sikh in Modesto, and he loves me. And he has money, he, and what he does, he builds these hotels. He has me come and pray and dedicate his buildings. He ran for the Senate, wanted me to pray for And I go and pray, and I'm praying in Jesus' name. I, you know, he's fine, he loves me, and whatever. Well, I didn't know that he was on the board of the hospital, the head board member of that memorial hospital. He knows the administrator. So when he gets a call and says, hey, Pastor Glenn is in the hospital, he gets on the phone and calls the administrator and said, I'm checking on my friend, Glenn Berto. Check on him. Let me know how he's doing. Administrator calls down there and says, I'm checking on Glenn Berto, how he's doing. And all of a sudden, they, they start hooking up. Now they start hooking me up. Now... They hooking me up, but I'm not alive. 
I'm not alive at all. My kidneys are not working. My bladder's not working. My heart's not working. My lungs are not working. So, of course, they put you on a respirator, and then they put, you, uh, uh, they put me in a coma, and they paralyzed me, and then had tubes, had, had more machines around me, and I'm going to show you a picture. I'll show you, I'll show you some pictures of this. And basically, uh, they, they were just keeping my organs alive, I guess, and just for the family to come and say goodbye. They told him several times, we can't do anything. He's not going to live. Told my wife, he's not going to live. You might as well just go say goodbye. Uh, there's no hope. Uh, if he does live, he's going to, the, the cardiologist said he's going to have brain damage if he ever comes out of this thing. Uh, but he's probably not, he's probably going to die very soon is what it was. Um, and so in that time when I was in the, in the hospital, the, uh, my wife, uh, well, you know, I'm going to show you some things. I, I, let me just show it to you, and I'm going to explain something. But what happened is my wife started praying, and she goes, God, and thank God for other believers. Listen, look at me. Thank God that, that as a church, we're not just by ourselves saying, I don't need to go and come together with my brothers and sisters. I can run through life by myself. I'm strong enough to do it. Look at me. No, you're not. You're going to need some brothers and sisters at times when you can't pray, you can't get up to lift you up and help you get up. How many of you in your life, you needed somebody else to help you to go ahead and to be able to make it? I know you think you're tough. I know you think you can do it, but I, I was a tough guy, but there was nothing I could do. I'm gone. How can I pray for myself? How can I lay hands on me? I can't do that. I need other people. And we all need others during that time. And so, so people encouraging my wife. My wife calls a good friend of mine, Denny Duran, and says, Denny, I don't want to lose my husband. And Denny told us, well, don't. And it was just, there was no hope in all this. And she says, okay. And my wife's an intercessor. She's a prayer warrior. She has a prayer team. She has all of this, I mean, very powerful. Coming into the fourth day, because I'm going to show you something in a minute. Coming into the fourth day, I have no sign of life. There's nothing happened. I'm still on the ventilator, still on everything. It's breathing for me and all this stuff. She goes in on the third night, coming into the fourth day. Now, remember Lazarus on the fourth day. So she prays and says, God, you know, uh, you know just, just spare my husband. I don't want my husband to die. She's praying all this and so forth. And she wakes up and said, Lord, I need a word. At 4.30 in the morning, she hears, I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. At 4.30 in the morning. She wakes up. She goes, oh, I'm the resurrection life. Oh, where's that at? That's, that's in Lazarus. That's Lazarus. That's in John, John 11, 25. 11, 20, that's in John eleven twenty five, 25. And it says, as you know, the scripture says, I'm the resurrection of life. If you believe, though you die, you will live. Can you not get a better scripture in that situation? Wakes up hearing God say that. Now, the thing that is very, very supernatural about it that's John eleven twenty five. I died on eleven twenty five, of the scripture. I'm the resurrection and the life is when I die. And so I want to show you some pictures here. I'll show you the picture that is a, a miracle picture. Lazarus said on the fourth day he came out. Let me show you a little bit here. And this is what I looked like in the hospital uh, when I was uh, there. This is Monday. This is just the next day after I preached. After I preached. Okay, you stop here. This is the fourth day where I'm paralyzed. I'm in a coma. My head was turned all the way to the right. It'd be left side laying down, but to the right for us. It was laying down. Debbie's talking to me, and my head turns, and I'm paralyzed. My head turns, and my eyes, if you can see, they're squinting. 
my eyes opened. Now you say, did you see her? Absolutely not. I didn't see her. I didn't even know this happened, but it was my spirit was still there. My body was not there, but my spirit. That's why they tell you to talk to the person and you say, well, they can't hear you. Their spirit can hear. Say, you can't kill the spirit. You can't kill the spirit. So my eyes opened and that, of course, to her, that was a sign that he's there. He's still in there. He, you know, there, there's, there's something here that I hadn't seen. And so you'll see here coming up, you'll see my daughter, middle daughter, there singing the God of miracles to me. Uh, you'll see my other daughter, and you'll see some things happen here, and you'll see what happened. So I went, before you started, I went seven days, yeah, on this. These are some of the machines. Yeah, I went seven days on the ventilator, and eventually they say, we got to take it out. Usually when they take a ventilator out, you die. And this unsaved doctor calls my family and says, it's Miracle Sunday. We don't know how he's breathing. We don't understand it. But this is when I was basically in a coma, and I was dead at this point right here. You go ahead. You can let it play. There were machines at my feet all around. This is my other daughter, who's a nurse. This is my other daughter. So her family's standing around me praying. All my family are all believers. Now the ventilator's out, so now they see I'm gonna be alive. It, now I get up and walk. Look at a nurse to the right. She's scared to death. My wife had kissed. She wanted to make out as soon as I came back. So We're walking. This is my son. He's currently speed walking. I wasn't supposed to walk. He's speed walking right now. And I said, get rid of the walker there. I'm going to walk. 16 days, I was in the hospital. A couple million dollars in cost of everything that happened to me. That's our staff. I'm coming out of the hospital. It's in December, so it's pretty cold. And I'm coming out of the hospital. That's pastors and staff and people. I'm alive because of you. I wouldn't be alive if you had any prayers. I'm serious. I'm not playing. Yeah. And there it is. John 11:25, which is where I die. 11:25. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, I didn't tell you this. I, I had written the book before a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest is a light switch to let you know, different than a heart attack. It's you're here, you're dead. Like I can be like this, dead, dead. You, it, it's no hurt, no nothing. You don't feel it. I mean, if you're going to die, it's a great way to die uh, because you don't feel anything. You don't feel anything. So it, it, I know you can't make yourself have a cardiac, but you don't feel anything. You don't remember anything. It's just instant. But I wrote a book. Here's, here's what's crazy about it. I wrote a book on healing and miracles before I died. So I wrote a book because I, I felt like people needed to know because I, as many of you are sick, and I have the same thing, Pastor, for years, you have people been sick for 10 years and 15 years, and you're like, well, God, and, and you're wondering too, why am I not healed? You know, why am I not healed in this? And, and you might say, well, you know, uh, healing evangelists want to say, well, you don't have faith. You don't have faith. That's wrong. No, no that, that is, that's true. But I, I, I'm letting you know there's 17 hindrances to healing in a miracle, 17 of them in the Bible. So I wrote a book, Why Am I Not Healed When God Promised? What a great book that would be. And so what happened is going to print, they hadn't printed it yet, and then I died before it went to print. And it wouldn't have sold real well. <laughs> 
Why am I not healed when God promised by the author, Glenn Berto? He died last week. Get his book and you can die. You know what I mean? It's not a motivating thing to die after you write a healing book. (laughs) So what happened when I came back and I came back, then they said, okay, we're going to go to print. I said, but I've got another chapter. I got, I have a resurrection story and I'll have healing scriptures I got to put in. So what's crazy about this, I wrote this book for you and it was really, I wrote a book for me. I, what's in here was what I needed for my miracle and didn't know I was writing what was going to be needed for me. I, and I, these will be in the back. We've got a bunch of things in the back. I'm going to sign them for you and do that, but get them for your friend. Anybody sick, any, anybody here dealing with a heart issue, real heart issue, you're here, baby. What do you have? You have rheumatoid arthritis. My daughter for 30 years has rheumatoid arthritis. Let me, let me see. Come here, baby. Let me see your hand. Come here. Let me see. This is family. I mean, we don't, we don't, I'm, not gonna, I'm not anything cool. I'm just a regular person. Has it affected your knuckles here? Huh? It has, huh? You've got how many years? Uh-huh. What are, you, are you taking prednisone? You're not? Are you in pain right now? Huh? You are, huh? You're hurting. Now, now, see, this is the thing that we don't know. We have people that sit in our church every Sunday, and they're in pain, but they still come. You're still here. And some of you are hurting here. And, and you know what? You, you know, God sees that. And God sees you get up because you know your hope is one day. Somebody say one day. Everything happens in one day. One day. Anybody else have arthritis? Who has arthritis? You have some? Wow. Okay. We've got too many right now. <laughs> I'm going to pray for arthritis here at the end, too. I'm going to pray for that. Okay, here, baby. You take this, and I'll sign it back. Yeah. Okay? But I'm going to pray for you, and there's other people, too, that are suffering with that. My daughter is, her hands are ruined like this. If I see her hands, I start crying. And so I have a real passion for that. Cancer, I've had, I've had prostate cancer. Did I tell you that too? I had cancer. I don't have cancer anymore. For a year, I'm cancer-free. It's like the devil, you can sit down, baby. Yeah. You, I would say over 10 years, 10 times, God, the devil tried to kill me. 10 times that anybody else died. They died of this, they died of this, and I didn't for some reason. And, and I think it's really for days like this for me to come and share with you and tell you, kind of what the Lord did. Now, people want to ask me, did I see Jesus? How many want to know if I saw Jesus? He looks like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it something where we got that picture of Jesus? He looks the same in every movie. He got his long hair, just got back from a concert, you know. So, <laughs> uh, I didn't meet the movie Jesus. I met the Bible Jesus who I met. But you know what? No, I didn't see Jesus, but I made up a story, and I told people because they kept asking me, so I just made up a story that I did. I did that in the hospital because the whole room was full. My wife doesn't want me to tell you, tell you this and tell anybody because it's, it's a funny story, but she didn't want me to tell it because it's not true. I said, well, I tell them it's not true. It's not true. I didn't see Jesus, but kept, everybody kept asking. The whole room was full, and I finally said, and when, when, I was, when they finally pulled the ventilator out, I was able to talk a little bit, 
And, well, they thought I had brain damage, total brain damage. They said he's going to be on a feeding tube. He's going he's to be paralyzed. He's going to be in a bed. They told my family, the cardiologist, and he told them, he, he's going to have brain damage. He's not, he may not even recognize you or know your name. And um, my son says, got, uh, Doc, do you have a better, you got a, got a good prognosis? Anything happen with anybody else? said, yeah, there was a lady in 1993 that was pretty bad. I said, 1993? He said, wasn't as bad as your dad, but she ended up living. But uh, your dad here is in, in, in pretty bad shape. My whole family looks at him and says, well, I guess, Doc, you're going to have another story. Thank God for people when I can't pray or you can't pray that you surround yourself with people of faith, people that will believe for you. I hope you have some friends that really can stand with you at times where you can't stand for yourself. Amen? Those are wonderful people that you need. This church is one of those churches. So I, I just, I, you know, so here, here's the first thing. Well, I didn't, know, I didn't know I was supposed to not have brain damage, okay? I didn't know that. But everybody, that's all I did. And I remember when a doctor came in, he, he, he yells at me, Glenn, Glenn, where were you born? I said, where were you born? <laughs> he goes, what city are you in? I said, what city are you in? I said, why are you asking me these stupid questions? He goes, I think he's okay. I think, he's, I think his brain's okay. That, that's true. That we did do that. So, so what did happen? What did happen was, I I, I hadn't heard this. I hear people that's going to see, going to heaven and seeing Jesus. I didn't do. I didn't go there. I went in a different room. I went in a room of death. There is a room of death, and I was there. It was a room that was pitch black. Couldn't see anything. As far I woke up and came to, came came out of everything. And I'm sitting in this room that's pitch black. I remember doing this with my hand. I couldn't see a thing. And it's the feeling where, you know, if somebody's behind you, kind of sense it or whatever. In the room, I couldn't see anybody, but I knew the room was full. It was full of people in this room. The reason I knew it was a room, because there was a door straight across from me as I was sitting here. And I could see the outline of the hinges there, right, right? Like there was a light on the other side, and I could see the outline of the door. There's a figure that's walking back and forth like this, and I can see it blinking back and forth, but I couldn't tell the shape of it or anything. You know, it was just, it was so black and dark. I couldn't tell it, but it was blinking in front and I could see it blink. And I'm like, where am I at? I'm trying to figure out, you know, where I'm at. I, I just couldn't figure it out. And all of a sudden I started hearing this noise in the background. Now, uh, you know, I'm from Louisiana where we've had hurricanes. I've been through hurricanes. I've been through tornadoes. That's about every year down there that that happens. And it's a deep, rumbling, powerful sound, really. It's, a, it's just a, I mean, it's something that's just so powerful when you hear these tornadoes and hurricanes come. And I was hearing that, and I'm saying, God, it sounds like a storm is coming or whatever. And what it was, as it got closer and closer, it got louder and louder. As it got louder and louder, I started hearing people's voices. It was people's voices. And they were people that were praying all over the world. I could hear my wife. I could hear Harvest Church. <laughs> I heard, I heard uh, my friends praying. I knew who they were. Now I'm dead. I knew who they were. Uh, I was hearing this uh, of different people that I knew from around the world where I spoke and stuff and different things where I was at. And I would hear them praying and they're saying the same thing. Death, you can't have him. Death, you can't have him. Death, you got to let him go. God's not through with him. Death, you And it was a demand put on death. Understand, church, death and dead are two different words. Dead is the grave. Death is a spirit. Okay? Get this. Dead is grave. 
Death's a spirit. See, the world wants me to hate you because of a color, which is the most ridiculous thing there is in the world. Jesus came 2,000 years ago to break that stuff up anyway. He said, you're going to love everybody and love whoever they are, and nobody's more important than anybody else. Everybody is equal. Everybody's the same. We all bleed. So what is that? That's a spirit of death that wants to cause hatred. Spirit of death causes suicide, causes divorce, causes all these things, sickness. That's a spirit of death. There's a spirit of infirmity, right? That's a spirit. Okay. So this, I'm in a room. This is a spirit of death. Let's move back and forth. The prayers are coming so loud now. It's deafening. I see it blinking. I see it kind of walking fast. It's blinking fast in front of the door. All of a sudden, for about 10 seconds, I didn't see anything, any movement. And all of a sudden, I feel this thing grab me. It grabs me by my, by my arm and says, you've got to get out of here now. And what happened, he opened the door. I tried to look and see what it looked like, but he opened the door and went behind the door and, said, and threw me out. And when I came out into the light, I woke up. And then I'm like, okay. Let's step back. I don't understand what happened here. You've got to explain this to me. And so I'm, in my mind, I'm talking to God. I'm still on so many medications and drugs, and I'm in, in a lot of pain. First thing I remember waking up was pain. I was, because my, my chest was broken. I had everything in me, and I just felt pain. And I said, Lord, I said, it's appointed that a man wants to die, then the judgment, right? That's what we do. So why was I not judged? Because if you judge, you go to heaven or hell. You can't come back after you judge. So it's appointed a man wants to die then. He goes, how long is then? Okay, I preached probably 45 years, and I said, I've read the scripture 100 times. How long is then? Well, yes, your son to mow the front yard, mow the back yard, then you're going to have supper. What time supper? Well, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. How long is then? I, I don't know how long then is. And I said, but how was I able to come out of death? And this is, this is important for you to hear. He said it was only through the prayers of those with authority. If they didn't have authority, they don't listen. The spirits don't listen to people. See, that's why it says have the faith to move a mountain. You can do that. But you're going to have to get some scars, and you're going to have to walk through life and not give up and quit. And you're going to have to go and serve, and you're going to have to have some favor of what some things you have done for God. See, see what happens. So I, so I said to God, I said, God, I don't get it. He said, come on, Glenn, you know the Bible. He said, take the seven sons of Stephen in the book of Acts. What did the devil say to them? He said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But he said, who are you? And so God says, most of the church are who are yous? Who are you? I don't know you. You might come to church, but you don't do anything. You come to church, but you don't even pray. You come to church, you don't even give. You come whenever you want to, whenever it's convenient for you. And then you want a miracle? I'm just telling you. Who are you? And so death says, who are you? You haven't done anything. There's nothing there. There's nothing you have, you have done in your life. And so you've got to understand, authority is different than anointing. Anointing is something you have immediately. You can have an anointing every time you talk about the word. But authority is something different. You have to earn that. Just like somebody in the military has a, has a chest full of badges and has a, chest for, has a cross on, on, uh, from, from an injury or whatever. When he walks in a room, everybody stands up. Why? Because they know he's going through something. So, so hey, hey, you're going to walk through some things here, and it's not to walk through to quit. It's to walk through to keep going so you can get tough enough to make it in these last days. Amen? You're going to make it. You're in the right place for that, too. You're in the right place for that. You're in the right place for that. And so here in this, 
in this time that they, they, they prayed and they believed and they continued to, to intercede and it was those with authority that had prayed and believed. And I had so many things wrong with me. My, my kidneys were not working. They said he's going to need a kidney transplant. Uh, when I left the hospital, I had, a, uh, I had tubes coming out my chest going to my heart for dialysis. I had a defibrillator cut here, put in on this side. I had a catheter. My bladder was not working, and nothing was working. I went home, and every week I'm in dialysis. Anybody know somebody in dialysis, what that's like? That's, that's tough to go through, yeah. You're in dialysis, and you go for about four hours and stuff. Um, how long have you been on dialysis, ma'am? Nine months. Three weeks I was on dialysis, and God healed me. So I want you to have faith, okay? I want you to have faith to believe God's going to heal your kidneys. Because I'm standing here today, my kidneys are healed. I was supposed to get a kidney transplant, and they've taken all this out of my chest. They've taken all that. My bladder did not work. A week after I got out of the hospital, my bladder started working. My body started being restored. The God of miracles was coming to my house, and he can come to your house today. He can do that today. Amen? Come on, give a look. Why don't you stand up? Stand up. I, 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 there's so much I can share with you, but I want this. the main reason I'm here is I want to pray for you. I wanted to give you a little bit of understanding of where I've been. And I'm still not, it hit me pretty hard, everything that's hit me, because I had pneumonia after that. Then I had prostate cancer, valley fever. Anybody know what valley fever is? You know what that is? Valley fever kills you. Valley fever is worse than COVID. It's, it's from all the pesticides we have in the valley here, the insecticides and things like that. You breathe it, and it's a fungus. It poisons you. And uh, I'm on a year and five months of medicine on just valley fever. That kills you. Then COVID and everything else. So there's not too many things I haven't seen or haven't gone through, and I'm still standing here. I remember the first time I went to my church, I leaned over, I laid on the ground like this. Our, our, our stage is about this high. And I just said, hey, you. Hey, look here. You thought you could kill me, huh? You messed up. You're getting ready to get hurt now because I'm here to populate heaven and depopulate hell. So you're going to be in trouble, you understand? You can't kill me until God takes me. God's the one that runs my life and will tell you what you need to do. I want you to pull in. I want you to right now go ahead and get as close to God as you can because he's the only one that can do a miracle. I can't do a miracle. I mean, I've received one. I've received one. And, and from all the people that have, were involved with it, the secular people, the secular medicine and doctors, just are, they can't believe it. They're just in shock. And I make them say miracle. They don't like to say it, but I make them say it. How my kidneys working? Huh? I don't know. Say miracle. Why is my heart? Huh? Say miracle. So I make them say it. How many need a miracle today? Lift your hands. You need a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you come stand it off? Come stand down here. Come on. We're family. Come on, family. Come on down. Come on down. Come see me. Come see me. What you dealing with, sir? What is it? Yeah. What What, what are you dealing with? What What problem? Uh, I actually just 
You're 18 and just moved here. Yeah, by yourself. By yourself. Where are you from? Miami. You're from Miami and moved all the way here to Elk Grove? Sure, most people from Miami are here from Elk Grove, yeah. No. Oh, for Nissan, huh? Did you? So how long have you been in town? Uh, December 6th, my first day here. So, okay, hey, six months. Six months here. This guy's been in a church here. Came from Miami to Elk Grove, and he's only been here six months. 18, 19 years old? 18. Don't know anybody here? Brothers brought you here? Okay. I actually met him here at You met him here at church? So you like the church? Well, it's my first time here. This is your first time here? So your co-worker, where's your co-worker? Good job, man. Good job. Do you come here? you come to church here? No, don't even tell me that. It, it, you used to come sometimes, but not anymore. You're changing that, right? <laughs> brought, in the, brought in the first time. Isn't that something? Who else is first time? Anybody else first time here? First time here? Now, now, first time here. Good. Somebody brought you? You're pointing to somebody. Somebody brought you. Hey, isn't that a good way to uh, get people to church? Invite them. It's a unique evangelistic approach. Invite them. Most people don't go to church because they don't ask. Really, that's, that really is. You just don't ask. Every place I went when I was in the hospital, I'm leading nurses to the Lord. Because I felt like wherever I was, I needed to represent what happened to me. I would pray for doctors, I would pray for nurses, and they would get saved. Wherever you go outside this building, you need to be a witness, okay? Now, at this altar here, there's so many. You have heart, how many have heart issues? You have heart issues? Okay. Uh, cancer, we have cancer down here. Diabetes, okay. Uh, what else do we have? Name some things. Huh? Lymphedema, eyes, yeah. Huh? Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, if I got into naming them, what happens is you would stay in your seat and say, well, he didn't say mine. And you really can't, it's just like sins. Can you really mention all the sins? Well, he didn't mention my sin, so I guess I don't need to go to the altar. It's just if you're dealing with something in your life and you need a healing and you need a miracle, I would say today, after hearing what you heard, it's real easy for me to cry because I, I, I know I wouldn't have had another day to even see you. Every day to me is now special. Our family's gotten closer because they, they lost their dad one day that was healthy and playing racquetball and all of a sudden dies. So it's brought our family close. Well, we were always close, but you know what I'm saying? It's just a lot closer. But you know what? This is a place here where you're going to have, you need this church. You need the people in this church. Don't ever think you can do without this. It was the prayers of people is the only reason I'm alive. I'm telling you. Doctors are done. They can't do anything else for me. Do you understand? It's done. There was nothing else they knew to do. And I was still gone. But God says there's a resurrection spirit in each one of us. Same one that I would have as you would have, you know, same thing. 
It is a matter of having some people around you at a time of need to believe for you when you can't believe. You know what the paralyzed man that was dropped through the roof of the house where Jesus was preaching, remember that story, dropped through the roof of the house? You know, they, they cut a hole in the roof. That was a crazy way. Well, Jesus was a carpenter. He could fix it, but he dropped him through the roof. And the Bible says, Jesus said, he saw the faith of the four people. He didn't say the paralytic, the, the, the paralyzed man. He said, I saw the friend's faith. Okay? That's why we need one another. That's why I came today just to kind of be, be your older brother here to, okay, I'll stand with you on believing for a miracle. But you're going to have to believe. And you got to realize that God is in the miracle working business. And today I ought to confirm that with you. He's still doing it. He's still doing the impossible. He's still doing the miraculous. You know that. But the word, the, big, the, the hardest word for us to understand in the Bible is the word believe. We can hear. We can believe for other people. But it's hard to believe for us. I can't believe for me. I have more faith for you than I have faith for me. I got to say this. I got to say this because this... I'm going to hear this in the back when I go by the books. Somebody's going to, there's going to be some people talk to me. During the, I'd say for two years, been over two years. During two years, I would go and I had PTSD, they told me. Not only, not only from the, what I went through, but also my mother died. Uh, I tried to help a lady on the interstate of 99 in an accident. She died when my hand was on her ankle. And I just had, I was just seeing death, uh, you know, after, after I came out of it. And doctor says, you have PTSD. What that does, that puts you in a dark place, doesn't it? It puts you in a hopeless, he understands. It, but, but some of you, not going to admit this, but it put, I would go into a dark place. I'm a very positive, very upbeat person. But I'd go into a dark, hopeless place. I understand suicide. I wouldn't do it, but I understand it. And the only reason, the only reason, for suicide is that you don't have any you don't have a support system you don't have your family with you you don't have your kids with you you don't have something to live for in a sense and you get hopeless you think people don't care which is not true it's a lie and if you're thinking of that and you'd I'd go into a, I'd just go dark and I didn't want to be around anybody didn't want to didn't want to touch anybody didn't want to talk I just wanted to run just go run if it's freezing outside I'll go sleep in a car and freeze you know that kind of thing you understand that don't you You're not going to live there, though. You don't stay there. You'll pass through it. Those of you, I know you don't have to admit it, but those of you that are in that place, I'm helping you today because the Holy Spirit just said, mention this part of your story, is that you will come out of it. It will get better. And it will, you will not stay in that place, that hopeless place. There are people that love you. There are people that care for you. But during that time, you, you push them out. But I'm saying you're going to come out of it don't you think about suicide as an answer for anything. There are people that love you. You don't think that because the devil lies to you. But you will come out of it. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to do a general prayer. And Pastor, you come up in a minute here. But And God, there's so many things I want to do. Maybe we'll do something another time here when I come back. But I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. Lift your hands and believe. Church, and all of you in the the seats there, I'm going to need your power from the backside over there praying and believing. These are people, these are your, this is your, look how many people are hurting. 
I, I said it's about 50% of every church you go to, there's sickness, some kind of pain, some illness, something you're going through, something you're battling with. And it's very frustrating when it goes years. When it goes years, which I have, going years, it just you, you're just so frustrated and you just, I, I got so tired of, Every time I tried to get better, I had another thing hit me, and I'm back in a chair again, sitting down for a month, getting weak. My stamina's gone. My, 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 I have no immune system and everything, and I'd catch everything. But look, you're looking today. I'm, I'm coming back up again. I'm rising up, just like you're going to do, okay? And so if anything, I'm here to build your faith. I'm here to help you to believe because we don't ever hear stories like this hardly ever. I didn't know I would be one. I never thought that. I didn't, definitely didn't ask for it. But boy, I tell you what, I have the faith to believe for your miracle if you could believe with me. I have the faith to believe. Amen. Do you have a good what song? You have a good song? Sing it real quick here right now, and then I'm gonna pray here. Sing what you have playing there. You're great, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Come on, let's let's just lift your hands. Spirit of God's gonna come to this place. The one to Power of God's gonna King touch you. God. You're the wonder-working God All the miracles I've seen You're too good to not believe You're the wonder-working God And you heal because you love All the miracles we'll see You're too good because I believe You're the wonder-working God You're the wonder-working God You're too good to not believe. You're the wonder-working God, and you heal because you love. All the miracles we'll see. You're too good to Father, I pray for this church here. Miracles happen in this church. It'll turn this city around. Father, in the name of Jesus, there you see all this up here. You see what the devil's doing to try to try to keep us in our beds, move us away from our families, take our lives. I bind that spirit of death. I bind that nasty spirit of infirmity in Jesus' name. By your stripes we're healed. If you believe, the Bible says, if you believe, if you believe in the resurrection and life, from death to life, you can move. God can begin to heal you. Not tomorrow, right now, right now, right now, right now. So, Father, right now in this building here, I pray the presence of God. The healer will walk into this building. Father, you know all the diseases. You know all the illnesses. You know the pain. You know the suffering. You know what it's done to different families, Lord, and how it's restricted us from health. God, we bind that right now in Jesus' name. Devil, get out of this church. Get out of this building. Sickness, leave right now in Jesus' name. And I pray for you to be healed, receive it. You start speaking. Go on. You fight for yourself right now because you're able to stand up. You're able to talk. Said, I'm going to receive my healing. I'm going to walk out of this building better than I walked in this building. I'm going to walk out healed. I walked in sick. I walked in hurting. I walked in with a problem. But I'm going to walk out. I'm going to walk out different. I'm going to walk out different. I'm going to walk out no PTSD for you in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord praise. I'm going to walk out different.
Listen, listen, listen. Don't ever stop believing because when it's a prolonged, and I understand it, and I've had several, you want to just quit and give up and say, I guess it's not going to happen. I'm encouraging you today, don't give up. You hear me? Look at me. Don't give up and don't quit. You might be, you might be one more prayer away, one more day away for your, from your breakthrough. It could be a healing that takes time. A miracle is instant. But a healing takes time. I mean, you know, you get cut on in the hospital and said, okay, you can go home. We took care of it. I'm like, but I'm still hurting. Okay, it needs to be healed. So what I'm saying is it, can, it starts today. Hold on to it and believe. And then you tell pastor what took place in your life. I've had this happen in different places. I have people that bring their phones, pastor, and they, and they have an uncle or their dad is sick at home. And they FaceTime and they show, they show the message and they carry their phones down here. And I, I, I'm talking to them on their phone praying for their dad has cancer. At my son, son-in-law's church in Southern Cal, there's a young black man who was a worship leader, very talented. He's standing, he's only 26 years old. And I said, man, what's going on with you? Because I have four tumors in my stomach. The doctor said he can't do anything else. I said, he's 26 years old. So I took his hand and I prayed for him. About four weeks later, they FaceTimed me. And he said, remember him? I said, yeah. He said, he just went to the doctor. He said, his tumors are gone. The, the tumors are totally disappeared. They're not there anymore. God can do anything. You understand? Church, get that in your head. God can do anything. You understand? He can do it for you. Believe it when you leave. He can do it. Claim it. Hold it. No matter what, in your dark days, don't let it get you down. Say, I'm going to get back up again, and I'm going to believe because my God is a miracle-working God. Amen? Hallelujah. I love you, buddy. Hallelujah. I want to ask for just a moment, Pastor Glenn, just in this moment while we're standing here, like all of the music just to go silent for a second. And while we're praying just for this segment, I'd like the music just to be silent, and then we'll bring up the music again. But I want to just ask you just to, uh, right now there's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's healing in the Lord's wings right now. God wants to touch you right where you're at yeah. in the name of Jesus. And Pastor Glenn, I want to just ask you to pray in, in the name of Jesus, kind of a prayer. Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give we thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you rise up and be healed. But I want you to just I want to ask you, Pastor Glenn, because there's anointing on you right now, just to pray in, in the name of Jesus prayer over everybody that's here today, everyone that's standing in front, and everyone out in the audience, because we all need some kind of a healing touch from the Lord. And I want to then in particular, too, um, young lady over here, um, I know that you're praying for cancer, right? You, you, you've, been, you've been diagnosed with some cancer. Is that right? What's your name? Maria. And Maria, what I know kind that, of, what, what cancer? What kind? Thyroid, thyroid, thyroid cancer. cancer. How old are you? 22 years old with thyroid cancer. It just needs a touch from God. 
I'd like every person that is, has been diagnosed right now or you're being treated for cancer just to lift your hand all across this place. And we're just going to pray in the name of Jesus prayer over you right now. Raise your hand real high so we can see it. If you've been diagnosed, all right? And Aaron, is Aaron here this morning as well? Where's Aaron at? Aaron, where are you at? In the name of Jesus, right over here. Others with cancer right over there. Where's Aaron? Just wave at me. There you are, Aaron. I see God bless you, Aaron. Aaron has had uh, 52 chemo treatments. Most people get 12. He's had 52. He's a living, walking, breathing miracle right now, but he needs finished work in his body right now in the name of Jesus. So start, let's start out with just this cancer diagnosis, and then we'll move to a few others. We won't get them all in, but we're going to believe in the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness here this morning? Amen? And then everyone pray and just kind of let's get faith activated this morning. If you don't have a health problem this morning, thank God. Just stretch out your hand towards everyone yeah. that does. Yeah. But let's believe right now for miracles and signs and wonders to follow those who believe in the name of Jesus. Yeah, Pastor... Um man named Oscar in my church, uh, stage four cancer. Doctors gave up on him. He comes at the altar, and he says, uh, Pastor, it's pretty much done for me. They can't do any more chemo, can't do anything. I stage four, and they just sent me home, and he sent me home to die. I said, Oscar, every time you come up, I said, I'm going to pray for you. Look for me, and I'm going to pray for you. And every time he came up, he goes, it got worse, it got worse. It would get worse. And see, some of you, it discourages you. That I, oh, I believe today so much, and then the doctor gave me another bad report. But it's whose report are you going to believe, see? Say, yeah, I, I mean, they're just doing their job. I don't fault them for that. You know what I'm saying? They're just doing their job. But like I said, I got a second opinion here. And we went for several months with this, and it was worse and worse. And, I, and really, he was dying is what he was, and they couldn't do anything else. He's now a security guard, has no cancer in his body. Doctors didn't do anything to him. Totally healed. Now, so, so we need to believe for, the, for those with cancer. Let's do that now. Lift your hands so we'll know where you're at. And somebody put a hand on their shoulder. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've had cancer and it's gone. I pray the same thing. Father, burn that cancer up in everybody here in the name of Jesus that's dealing with this. And God, I pray that you will heal, Lord, and restore the organs that cancer has tried to destroy. That God, we thank you for the doctors and hospital, but God, you today can do what they can't do. And so we claim a miracle cancer be gone now in Jesus' name. Amen? Come on, rejoice. Let's believe it. Let's believe it. And then, Pastor Glenn, just, just one more blanket prayer. And in the name of Jesus, prayer for any kind of sickness. Jesus healed every kind of sickness and disease with a name. Any kind. Every infirmity he healed. So we're going to just pray over you right now that God's going to touch you and meet you at the point of your need right now with a healing touch in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you know, you know what, Pastor? I got a microphone. I got one. Uh, you're right, so you do. Much, so much. You keep handing it to me. I, how did I talk the whole time then without that? <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> you see, it was a, it was a... <laughs> What was I going to tell you now? I was going to say, what were we talking about? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. It was something really good. What were we just saying? What was he just saying? 
We're talking about every sickness and disease, every infirmity. It's all right. Yeah, yeah I'm still not well yet, so I... I, I yeah. Pray again. No, no, I want to I pray. Yeah, I want to pray for all the, the different... Oh, I was going to mention when Jesus, about, about Jesus when... Uh, uh, you know, Jesus didn't even need to know really what was wrong. You know what I'm saying? He, he just, he didn't spend much time either. Uh, it was just something. And, and what I'm saying is when Jesus did something and he said something, he didn't just, you know, he didn't have to, he didn't have to come back and check on it to see if it happened. Remember, he's like, I curse that fig tree, it dies. And he walks off. He goes, I wonder, I wonder did, yeah, yeah, it died. Okay, I just wanted to check. He never had to go back and check once he's once he says something bank put in the bank it's done see what i'm saying it's not like well is there a maybe to it is there a, no 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 you don't do that and we do that that's what we do because we we're, we're feeling all this pain and we're going through this but jesus didn't do that when he says it you got it the, the the word believe is so powerful in the Bible that he, this is the biggest problem God has with his people. That do you believe? Not do you hear it all, but do you really believe? You can believe for others. Do you believe for yourself? Believe for yourself if you need something right now. You might be the only one claiming scriptures, quoting scriptures. Let the devil know. Let that spirit of infirmity know you're not going to play. You're coming out of this thing. You're not going to live this way the rest of your life. I'm not going to live this way. I'm not going to walk this way. I'm going to come out of this. I'm going to be healed of this. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Have the faith to believe that. And then I'll just add to that, Pastor Glenn, is in, when Jesus one time, he saw a man with, with eyes. He was healing of his eyes. He says, how do you see right now? He says, well, uh, men appear to be trees. He said, well, he gave him a second touch. So in other words, you go from a partial healing to a perfect healing. There's some of you that might have had a first touch and you're in a partial healing, but Jesus will give you your perfect healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, he says, men appear to be trees to me, which means he still had blurry, blurry eyesight, but then he touched him again with that second touch, and then he could see perfectly. So what I'm saying is, Wherever you may be, God's going to get you to your intended end. Can I get a witness here this morning? Yeah. In other words, he's going to do that in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you, 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 what you're saying brings so many different things in the Bible to me as you're sharing. Uh, just it, see, the, with the man that said he saw trees, he, he was not blind all his life. The reason he wasn't blind because he could recognize trees. Mm-hmm. But there were people that were blind. Remember the one they spit in the, spit in the mud? And rub now, now, if we did that today, we'd go to jail. You know, if we rub mud on, mud on your eye. And people wonder, how did he get healed? How did a guy get healed by putting mud on his eye? Right. And I don't know if you, you know this, of, of how he got healed. I'll tell you how he got healed. But he got healed. Jesus spit in the mud, you know, and he put it on his eye and said, go wash it and come back. And he could see. Well, it was only maybe, maybe Pastor, about 25 years ago or 30, somebody can help me on that, when DNA started coming out, where we understand you can arrest somebody based on DNA. You're the murderer. Your DNA is there, that kind of thing. Well, we didn't always have that. As you know, when we were younger, some of us, we, we didn't know what DNA was. But everybody has a certain DNA. So does Jesus. It wasn't just mud. His DNA was in the mud. That a preach, huh? Is that a preach? That's a thought, man. I'll tell you what. So, so he put his own DNA that created the whole world yeah. in that mud, and he rubbed it on. It wasn't the mud. It was the DNA is in his spit. That he put on there. And so if I get some DNA from God, I know it's going to help me. Yeah. 
I know yeah. it's going to do something. All right, lift yeah. your hands. Come on, this is going to be good. So Father, good. in the name of Jesus, come on, I need somebody to help me pray, speak in tongues, do what you need to do, grab hold of God, don't play right now. It's time to get serious. It's time to go ahead and get mad at the devil right now. Get mad at the devil. What he's doing in your job, what he's doing in your physical body, what he's doing in your marriage, what he's doing in your kids. Start fighting now, right now. Come on. Start fighting right now. Father, we stand here in your house knowing you're the God of miracles. I'm just asking for one of them in my life and my family. God, save my kids. Save my husband. Save my parents. Save my wife. Save my children. Save my grandchildren. God, I'm not going to let the devil have them. God, touch my body. Touch my body right now and heal me. Come on, somebody. Pray a little bit. Pray a little bit. Pray like you need to get your miracle. Pray like you're desperate. Pray like you're not going to leave here until God speaks to you. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Come on, we don't pray in the church anymore. We praise in the church, but we don't pray. We praise, but we don't pray. Talk to God. He's the one to talk to. We talk on the phone more than we talk to God. We talk to our doctors more than we talk to God. Dr. Jesus, I need you. I've got to have you. I need you to take care of my situation. Whatever you're going through, talk to God about this in Jesus' name. Where are my Pentecostal people here? Where are my spirit-filled people? Come on. Let's pray. Let's bring heaven down to this place. Revival's getting ready to come. We've gone through COVID long enough. Now it's time for God to build the church again. It's time for us to grow again. It's time for us to get in revival again. God is getting ready to do something big. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we take... Authority over every infirmity. We take authority over every devil, every demon. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you right now and we declare that by your stripes we are made whole. In the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. Say it with me right now. By your stripes I am made whole. Thank you, Lord God, that there is healing in your wings and I receive your healing in my body and in my life right now. And I pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now give the Lord a great praise in the house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Man, I'll tell you what, when I was praying, and this happens to me when I pray, but when I was praying over here, I'll tell you, my, my whole hands just began to get just warm. And I just know that God is just moving right now. He's moving, and he's moving in your life and in your body as well. Just say, God, I just receive what you have for me in the name of Jesus. And watch this, everyone. Signs and wonders and miracles will follow those who believe. Say with me this morning, I'm a believer. And what follows believers? Signs, wonders, and miracles in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Pastor Glenn, I don't know where you went. You might be outside. Would you give Pastor Glenn a great God bless you this morning? Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. 
For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.